This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From USA Today, their NFL columnist, Jared Bell, who I hear has some fatherly duties. What are you doing today, Jared? Hey, Jody, I'm moving my kid out of his dormitory at Virginia State University, so... What a heartbreaking deal for him being a freshman and you finally get away from home and go to college and then this happens. But, you know, better safe than sorry. So is he going to do his uh, the rest of this semester's work via the Internet like a lot of other college students? Yeah, yeah. Same deal for my daughter who goes to the VCU. So both of them are going to be online students. Okay. All right. That means you're going to be fighting over scraps at the uh, dinner table since you're bringing <laughs> the two back home a couple of months early, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, going to uh, cause some consternation and some adjustment. <laughs> uh, so, hey, you so, do what you have to do. Something tells me your wife will be just fine cooking up uh, food for everyone around the bell table. It'll, it'll get it'll get you worked out. Oh no, you can say that, but I. All right, Jared, let's get into the football stuff. Uh, Great news today. CBA ratified 10 more years on top of this year, so 11 more years of work piece between ownership and the players. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but is this not the longest CBA ever signed between the National Football League players and the uh, owners? Yeah, yeah, you have to say that because the last one was the longest with 10 years, and now you add this year and the improvements this year. So it is essentially an 11-year deal. Um, So, yeah, that's the longest deal. And, again, it doesn't have an opt-out clause. So if you remember, if you go back to, oh, what was it, 2006 or seven or eight, somewhere around that, before the last big deal, the owners opted out, right? And they had, uh, you know, felt the sting of that deal and they had an opt-out clause. But the last CBA had no opt-out clause, so it went to the you know the full duration, except for this year. <laughs> and this one has no opt-out clause, so you know you leave yourself open uh, for having some second guessing, really on both sides. But um, I think from the NFL's perspective, for sure, 
getting a long-term deal was what they thought they needed to do to get the long-term TV deals. And I think the last TV packages for the, the three big networks, I think, went for like eight years. So that's what labor peace can get you is the opportunity to, you know, strike some other long-term deals with your partners. But uh, this thing has been quite uh, a trip <laughs> to get to this point. So personally speaking, as a reporter who has to cover this stuff, I you know, obviously won't make any money off of it, but we'll have a little bit more uh, labor peace <laughs> from my perspective because the last time, uh, Jody, staking out at the – National Labor Relations Board, right. uh, covering lawsuits and, you know, really having to, you know, learn a lot just in terms of the legal process and just, you know, trying to, you know, having a lockout and following all of that, you know, each step of the way. That was uh, quite uh, encompassing. Well, well, Park Avenue will miss you and the NFL offices and the uh, hotels around <laughs> the NFL offices might miss you guys, but... Uh, as NFL fans, yes, we're glad that labor peace reigns for another decade. Right, let's hit on a couple of the particulars. I believe, agree or disagree, it's a good deal for one very specific reason. Without even knowing any of the details, both sides are at least partially complaining about it. That there are some owners that thought they could have force-fed 18 games down their throats and that they would have if the players uh, denied the deal, would have pulled it back off the table and waited till the end of the year. Some of the outspoken veteran players saying that the young guys are selling out, they shouldn't do this. and all. If both sides are happy with it, something's wrong. If both sides aren't happy with it, that means compromises were made and it's probably a pretty good deal for both sides. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way of looking at it, really, because both sides kind of gave up something. Now, from the player side, when you start talking about the 17 games, they didn't make that as much of a, a sticking point for them as the owners did. The owners pretty much said that it's a no deal, no negotiation without 17 games. And there are people on the other side who think, well, they should have fought a little bit harder on that specific point. But when you start looking at some of the things in terms of minimum salaries, uh, even some of the benefits and how that will impact the players, especially the rank and file players who stand to benefit. Now you're talking about Jody guys who are playing on minimum contracts. Maybe they're, they're first, second, third year players, whatever, but they're going to get an automatic bump in their salary of six figures or more. And so that's a tremendous appeal to a guy who is hoping to stay in the league for three, four years, right? As opposed to some of the bigger names that we've heard from. Also, one other thing that did not emerge as a big issue was the franchise tag. And how many times, Jody, have we heard when some of these players get franchise tagged, you know, how difficult that is, even though you're getting, you know, these major paychecks, but the, the idea of not being able to shop yourself, to the open market, um, that is still in place. And so a guy who is, say, a first-round pick, you get the fifth-year option, and then the franchise tag, he could be tied up by the team that drafted him for eight years. And so that's one of the things that I thought, you know, as, as the last CBA played out, that that would be something that the players would fight harder for, but they did not. So, right. yes, 
Complaining on both sides. But the franchise tag, just like everything else, goes up in price because the players get a larger percentage by one percentage point. Uh, We assume that television contracts are going to go up. So, yes, the freedom is not there, but the actual cost of the the franchise tag, each individual player is going to make that much more positionally. It'll go up across the board, correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, Jody, you know, you and I probably wish we had franchise tags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, look at it. I can't even get my wife to put a franchise tag on me, let alone my boss, so uh, I don't really sweat that one much. Jared Bell, our guest from USA Today here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, one thing that will be immediately impacted this upcoming season is the addition of a playoff team. They're going to add one more wildcard team in each conference, the buy in the first round will go solely to the one team with the best record in each conference. It adds one conference extra playoff game, which is certainly going to increase any television package they have. Players uh, fought as hard as they could to keep it at 16 games, eventually caved and allowed a 17 game. The extra playoff game, nobody's going to complain about, right? Probably not, even though I don't like it. I mean, I think there are too many playoffs teams anyway, but I totally understand when you start talking about revenues and money um, and even the interest in the game. So I think I saw somewhere where they said the Steelers would have made the playoffs like oh three or four times over the past X amount of years with this arrangement. And I know there's a couple others like the Packers. Um, so I, I think it does what the NFL likes to happen at the end of the season is for people all over the country to feel like their team has a chance. And you know, just to have the one by, um, okay, I'll, I'll I'll live with that. Even though, you know, I'm of the contention that maybe you don't really have to have a buy either if you want to really equalize the playoffs. Give them the home field advantage, sure. But you know, in the NBA, uh, NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, yeah, Major League Baseball, World Series, the team that's the champion pretty much has to win the same amount of games as a team who got in as a wild card or a lower round uh, seed or something like that. So that's always been, you know, a little skewed about the NFL playoff system. And I know that the NFL owners always, and the league people always talk about having some incentive to win your division and to keep playing throughout the season, just to, you know, earn those extra perks. So uh, all that comes into play here, but yeah, the extra round, I don't care for it particularly, but, um, I'm not going to complain about that as well until I'm on deadline. <laughs> yeah, then then it uh, actually hits home. All right, uh, I, I read about this. I, I'll be honest, I don't completely understand it. And I know this was at one point a uh, fairly important negotiating stance from the players. The commissioner is no longer completely judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to uh, meriting out punishment in the National Football League, that there's a larger use for an independent arbitrator, but I I haven't been able to garner all of the details on that. How big a deal do you think it was? How much has it changed? Is this just a cosmetic change? Is Goodell still the guy mainly in charge, or the players have... Uh, less of an under-the-commissioner's-thumb life going forward. Yeah, the commissioner still has enormous power in this regard, from what I understand. And same as you, Jody, I haven't gotten my hands on all of the particular details on this, but from what I've heard, um, rather than, like you said, judge, jury, and executioner, 
rather than Goodell having the appeal of his own of his own decision, uh, there is another layer there, and both the union and the player and, and the NFL side will independently will will um, approve of the measure in terms of meeting out the punishment. But there is still the mechanism that is in place for if a decision comes down and Roger Goodell thinks it's egregious, he still has the power to make his own ruling on it. So I think, yeah, you, you mentioned cosmetic as a, you know, a way of describing part of this. And I think that does apply from what I understand to this point. So Goodell is still in the process, but maybe not as much on the front end. All right. Actual NFL transactions today. Ryan Tannehill, extension with the Titans, four years, $118 million, $62 million guaranteed. It certainly takes him out of the Brady sweepstakes for those who thought they were going to be a big player for Tom Brady. Uh, Had a phenomenal year. The facts are the facts. He played great for them. It was less than a full season. And they rewarded him as a franchise quarterback, taking him into that near $30 million uh, neighborhood. A smart move by the Titans, necessary move by the Titans, a massive overreaction by the Titans. How do you judge Tannehill four years, $118 million? <laughs> I know. Ask the people in Miami <laughs> what they think when you consider, you know, how long the Dolphins franchise stuck with him and, and really tried to develop him, and then he got to this point. So hats off to him. Let's just say that. Because like you said, he did cash in. He had the big year at the right time, right? Um, I think what it does for the Titans, A, you, you go with the known quantity. And even though the allure of Tom Brady was hanging out there and you had to figure that they'd have a run at him, given his relationship with Mike Vrabel, but I think it, it also says something for the Titans – having dealt with, you know, Marcus Mariota for a number of years and trying to, you know, hitch their wagon to him, that they found a guy that they're comfortable with and who can only get better, you would think, in that setup. And and it's a different setup for him. So he brings all the experience that he gained in Miami and the ups and downs, and, and maybe he's, you know, totally blossomed, and, and maybe he'll blossom even more, but at least to the point where they can commit to him. But here's the other thing, Jody. Now – you could use that franchise tag on Derrick Henry. Right. I think that's what really uh, makes this, uh, you know, doable for the Titans is that they didn't want to lose both of those guys, and they definitely didn't want to lose. They didn't want to lose either one of them. So now they have a way that they can get this done. So we'll see if the Cowboys are able to do something similar with Dak Prescott. Now that the you know the deal is there and it's done, and we're on the you know some some football moves. But, yeah, Tom Brady, um, no Tennessee. No mm-hmm. Tennessee tuxedo. And I've been saying all along I think he's staying in New England. So we'll see how it shakes out within the next couple of days. All right, one yeah. actual trade. Calais Campbell gets dealt by the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Ravens for only a fifth-round pick. Now, Campbell's right. entering his 13th season. He's no spring chicken, but he's still a viable edge rusher in the National Football League is the five-time Pro Bowlers. I think that's a steal for a fifth-round pick, and once again, the Ravens are showing they seem to be a step ahead of everybody else in uh, roster maneuvering in the NFL. How about you? Yeah, I like it too, and I follow Calais like all of us, really since he came into the league and 
yeah, he's an effective player. And the other thing he can do for them, yeah, you mentioned edge rusher, but he can also move inside. So he gives them, you know, a degree of versatility that is, you know, what you want from a at least somebody on the defensive line. And they, they franchise tag uh, Matthew Junon, their edge rusher, so they'll have him there. And I think it's a great move for the Ravens. And the other thing about Calais Campbell for being around him, this is a really strong locker room leader, okay? And I know when they got Earl Thomas last year, there was a lot of talk about him coming in and being a leader. No knock on his leadership, but it's a, I think it's a different type of leadership. But Calais Campbell is the guy, I think, who will walk into that Ravens locker room and, and just really fit in and be well-respected and will tell whoever is around him, and even not just tell but show by example, in how you conduct yourself. So I think they brought a, a class individual to their organization, and you can never have too many of those guys. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jody. I think it's a steal for the Ravens. All right, Jared. Last thing, um, I'm going to ask you to look into your football crystal ball and Uh-oh. tell me over the next 20 hours, because that's about how long we've got, less than that, 19 and change, before legal tampering starts. And far be it from me to suggest that some conversations have already been had. You probably no. saw them when you were at the Combine and may or may not have reported them, but there will be something that breaks out to get the dominoes falling. What's the first name that is going to be dropped sometime shortly afternoon on Monday as uh, resources say that this team is all that closer to being able to sign this player and then we got to wait uh, two days before it actually becomes uh, official. What's the first uh, name that's going to pop out uh, with a new deal for a new team and or staying put with his old team? Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady, right. No, I, I, I think Philip Rivers is the one to really watch, um, especially given the fact that, you know, Tannehill's done now. So take Rivers out of the Tennessee equation. I guess you could say maybe Indianapolis could work for him. But you think about Bruce Arians and the type of offense that he runs in Tampa and the fact that he wants to win now, okay? For a while, I thought Teddy Bridgewater might be the guy to land in Tampa with Arians. But when you think about Rivers, who had some Jameis Winston-like turnover issues (laughs) this past season, but the one thing we know about Phillip Rivers is that he can chuck it deep and can be effective throwing the ball deep in some of his best days. And, you know, with the Chargers, you know, really reflected that. And that's what Bruce Arians loves to do. He loves to throw it downfield and get, you know, big chunk plays. And uh, of the quarterbacks on the market, I don't know if anybody could, could do that like Phillip Rivers when he's on. Now, whether or not he, he avoids his turnover problems, how age is caught up with him, those are other questions. But, for the idea of trying to win now, I think Phillip Rivers and, and Bruce Arians, who is no stranger to veteran quarterbacks, ask Carson Palmer, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, I, I like Rivers in Tampa Bay. Jared, get back to packing up your son. Make sure he gets all those important posters off the uh, bedroom walls. And <laughs> f- I'll hopefully have some uh, toothpaste handy to fill in those holes because otherwise you're never going to get that security button deposit back. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Make yeah. sure you do the proper cleanup while you're at it. Jared, great all stuff. Right, my man. Appreciate you coming okay, on. Hey. Thanks, brother. All right, Jody. Take care, man. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.